0: Hey, Dylan. Yes, I have another question for you. Okay. All right. So I was wondering if God is a God of love, why doesn't he just save everyone? If God is this merciful, forgiving, good and loving God, why wouldn't he just overlook our sins, forgive our sins, and just take everyone into heaven? Why why does he feel the need to send people to hell? That doesn't sound like a very good and loving God to me. Like if it was me, I would just want to take everybody into heaven, forgive everyone, save everyone. So why does why does our God do that? Um,
1: I, I guess it depends on who you ask, uh, and with that'll that'll depend on the answer you get. Uh, but today on this episode of the Empty You Podcast, we're gonna we're gonna give you uh, what we think Scripture says on this topic. Um, if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Dylan and and I'm Joey Stolmeyer. Uh, and we're in the midst of our first series. We're only three episodes, three official episodes in, uh, of our Problem of Evil series and of our beginning of the podcast as a whole. Uh, and so, with these questions uh, in the Problem of Evil series, we're just exploring different um, questions that we might encounter uh, in, in the world, uh, how to answer them, how to think through them, even as a Christian. Um, how to work through how to work through them and so we've already looked at um, how could a good god allow evil in the world we've already looked at how does sin um deserve eternal punishment hell is that even fair uh and now so that's bringing us into this third question like why does god not save everyone so it's kind of coming off the heels of those uh, we recommend going back and listening to those if you haven't um, but they're not building off of each other, so you don't necessarily have to. But it gives you more of an idea of where we're coming from, what we've already discussed, what we talked about, how we've come at it, and how we're approaching kind of this one or this question. Um, but to begin this, I think we need to start with a theological framework before we go into um, before we go into like trying to understand application, apologetics, things like that. Um, so I'm going to flip the question back onto you, uh, Joey. Why would God not save everybody.
0: Okay, so me and Dylan, we talked about these four points, and these four theological points help us understand broadly why God doesn't save everyone. So the first point is, He's not obligated to do so. And number two, um, Him enacting justice and sending people to hell doesn't make Him unloving. Justice and love are not contradictory. And then number three, he's actually more glorified by um, punishing sin and having hell be a reality. And then lastly, number four, um, God gives people what they choose. Whoever is in hell has chosen to be there. Um, So, yeah, let's start with number one. God is not actually obligated to save anyone. Um, A lot of us just assume that God should save everyone. That would make him loving people assume that their sin actually isn't that bad. Um, they assume God's kind of like that that grandpa or grandma who sees their grandkid like reaching their hand into a cookie jar and just kind of winks at the little kid um, because it's not that bad God is is his love um, kind of takes away his justice or takes away his holiness or takes away um, his wrath towards sin which he hates. Um, and that's actually not the case. God does not owe anyone um, forgiveness of sins. He does not owe anyone mercy um, because what we talked about on the first episode, what Dylan started off our whole series on was Adam and Eve in the garden. God promised Adam and Eve that if they sinned, they will surely die. Um, and when they sinned, they did die. They they suffered a spiritual death, not um, a physical death, like we would assume, um, but yeah, they they suffered a spiritual death that led to everything that we see here. Um, and there's just no nowhere in scripture that we see that God um, owes us salvation. And so, you want to piggyback off off of that?
1: Yeah, I think to to continue on that the idea of creation, like in creation, like understand like what's going on. This holy, righteous god who is not created who is who just is who who's eternal has spoken out of nothing and created this the heavens and the earth has created everything as created man as the the crowning achievement who is to have be fruitful the multiply, have dominion but yeah he, he's given this one command of don't eat the fruit of the tree of uh, in the midst of the garden or you will die and Adam and Eve ate the tree, or ate the fruit of the tree, and and they died. And in that moment, like Joey said, like, they spiritually died. Mm-hmm. But it would have been completely just for God to physically have killed them mm-hmm. for disobeying what they did. Like, it is grace. That, that first act right there is grace enough of, yeah. like, just not killing them physically. But, like, in order to understand this question of, like, why does God not save everyone? Like, think about... Again, I, I think I've done this already once, but, like, think about, like, what we're saying when we when we ask that question. Because mm-hmm. you're saying that a holy and righteous God, like, you're wanting him to let you off, like, scot-free, like, without any repercussions uh, for your sin, and that you should be saved and enter heaven and eternity with him after you spending 60, 70, 70, 80 years on this earth not caring at all about who he is or not ever wanting to be with him. Uh, and you're making God look really foolish and really passive and not caring and pretty much like a liar. Like First John one ten says that if uh, we say we have no sin, we make God a liar. And for God to just let you off um, without acknowledging repenting, because the verse before that says if you are if you do sin, like God is faithful and just to forgive your sin. So you're at first right there in in verse ten, like you're not acknowledging that there's sin at all. Mm. and to, to do that, you're making God a liar and that the, the death of Christ actually means nothing. Cause if you never sin, you don't have anything and God just saves everybody. Christ went to the cross for no reason. Mm. Um, and, and so what we were talking about kind of before the podcast is that like, for God to even say one person is, mm. is grace that we don't even like we, we, we should, when we understand God rightly and what we do, if we put it in proper perspective to say, God saved one person is should it should break our minds pretty right. much because like we we shouldn't even be able to understand why he did that mm. and and whatnot. But we, in Christ we understand that. But to go to the second point, like justice, God's justice um, is is displayed through him not saving everybody. Uh, and I used this illustration on the last episode or the episode before. I think it was the last episode um, that of a righteous judge of a, a judge who like, if, if a, if someone was convicted of murder, like every evidence was against him. He even pled guilty. Uh, and everything pointed to him being guilty. And the judge said, you know what? I think you're fine. Like, just go home. Like, you don't have to, you're good. Uh, I, I'm just going to, like Joey said, I'm, I'm going to be the grandfather. I'm just going to wink at your sin and wink at that. You murdered these hundreds of people and, and you're good. Like we would say, that's an unrighteous judge. Like that judge needs to be removed <laughs> from their position because they have no idea what, what, what to, the law is and how to uphold it in the same way, like on a greater scale, like that's God, <laughs> like God is just like, has his rules, regulations, Since he is the creator. He has the authority to, to make the rules and to make the um, what, what is right, what is wrong. And he
0: has, and for him to not uphold that is to not uphold who he is. Mm yeah, he's going back on his word and his word ends up not meaning anything. And so moving on to number three, um, he's actually more glorified by not saving everyone because like Dylan was talking about, we get to see other aspects of his glory that we would not actually see if there was no real hell or if there was no real punishment of sins. And some of those aspects are his justice. Um, We get to see his holiness, his separate, his complete and perfect separation from sin um, and hatred of sin, um, which is a good thing. A lot of people don't think they think, oh, that God is just judgmental or um, but no sin. Like we don't want any sin in heaven. Like if there's any sin in heaven, it's not heaven. Um, So his holiness is something that we should praise and worship um, and not think that that takes away from the glory of God. Um, Another thing we get to um, experience and see because there is a real hell is we get to see his love and mercy just completely and infinitely more magnified if there wasn't a hell. Um, Because we get to experience grace. If there was no hell to be saved from, um, we wouldn't be as thankful. We wouldn't be as filled with joy and awe at the awesomeness that our God would come down and die for us so that we wouldn't have to go to that hell. Um, And so we're going to be spending eternity in heaven, glorifying God for saving us from that hell. And if there was no hell, then we wouldn't get to experience that grace. Um, And that grace is actually what angels long to look on. Angels don't experience the same grace. They don't experience the same grace that we do, that we do, because they haven't sinned and they haven't been um, saved from that sin.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, what you're hinting at I think too is in 1st or 2nd Peter and then also in like Hebrews where like it says that Jesus didn't come to partake of ain't like the flesh of angels. Like he partook of humanity to mm-hmm. save humanity. So mm-hmm. that's how we're able to relate to him in that way cuz he were he came and became human and we're able to do that, which I think is a great point. Uh, we're able to re- really to experience God in a whole new way that we don't I don't think we think about it in that way. Like if there is no hell, we can't experience certain things about God and uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in a more full way. Um, and I think the last point, um, he's giving people what what they choose and to some people that might sound kind of like throw up a red flag real quick. but uh, but if you think about it, in the Great Commission, we're called to go make disciples of all people and all nations to proclaim the gospel. There's an open invitation um, at all times upon the preaching of the gospel. Like if you think of church worship services or personal evangelism and things like that, you're asking, you're telling people, "Hey, God has called us to follow Him. Uh, I'm giving, I'm, I'm, and He's given me that authority to to call you to repentance and faith. Are you going to do it? Like you have that that call at the end of sermons at the and the end of gospel conversations, um, and that's that's that open call, and people in that moment have the the responsibility um, to to choose whether or not you're you're going to believe or you're not. Granted, there's other th- things behind the scenes in in terms of like the spirit moving and working, and like Isaiah says that the word of God does not come back void. Like he says that the, the works, the God, when his spirit goes out, when the preaching of the gospel goes out, is not going to come back void. Whether that is to lead someone to salvation or whether that is to harden the heart of an unbeliever. Uh, and you see that kind of working in, in Exodus uh, and stuff um, of him. But we don't know who belongs where. Like we, we don't have the God's book of life. And we're like, OK, so, Joey, I, I, I got your name here. You're good. You're good. Like, oh, that person you're about to go evangelize, dude, save your breath. Like, they're not in the book of life. They're, you're good. You don't have to evangelize them. We don't know. We don't have the book um, of life. <laughs> and so we're called to go share the gospel. And the only way we're able to even remotely tell of who's who's where, who's in what camp, or who's in where is if they have repented and believed and there's evidence of a fruit uh, Matthew or John says that or Jesus says that in Matthew's gospel and in the others like you can tell a tree by its fruit a good tree bears good fruit a bad tree bears bad fruit there's no cross a good tree can't bear bad fruit so by the by the professional one's faith and the evidence of their fruit you're able to see that but on our end we don't know who's mm-hmm. who's a believer and who's not so the call is to go out to everybody and if you reject God Romans 1 tells us like God, like if you harden your heart to a certain, like you keep hardening your heart, God's just gonna give. God gives you over to your passions and your desires, and that's a scary place to be. <laughs> yeah, it really is. To even think of like, I mean, I think we talked about it on this podcast or maybe off the podcast that we like, like if thinking back to when we were, if God were to gave us what we wanted when we were unbelievers, like if we think back to that point and what we would have wanted. Like that's a scary place to be at the the never-ending pit that that
0: would have led to <laughs> oh yeah because our desires keep getting twisted and perverted and farther and farther away from god the more we realize that this isn't satisfying us so we need something more we need yeah. something more. it's just twisted. a never ending
1: like we're never sat like you said i think you got it right we we're never satisfied with with that um and so i think this lays the the foundation uh these four points granted there's so much more that we could go into Uh, and talk about, but I think this lays the the point or lays a a good foundation to go into um, more of like an apologetics, like kind of things that you're going to see on a day-to-day basis in the world, I guess. Um, And so the idea first that like people are going to come to you, the culture uses it all the time and have redefined the idea of love Mm -hmm. um, in their own way. Um, But they'll also sometimes be like, Oh, well, isn't God love like God's love. So like, why would he send anyone to hell? Like but that doesn't your make sense?
0: definition of love. Yeah.
1: Have you, is your definition biblical or is your definition like your feelings, like what mm-hmm. you feel like God should be? Yeah. Uh, and so here, like, yes, God is love. We can definitely affirm that, uh, that God is love. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's there, but to for God to be like, and you hit on it, God to be just and loving. Is not they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. like, it's not one or the other it's they can be he is both <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and we and there are I, I think like if you want to go into a little bit of that um of the idea of god is love and kind of the seeming contradiction uh and hypocrisy of scripture sometimes or it says god is love and or that even in certain places it seems like certain authors of the the new testament are saying well God doesn't want anyone to perish. <laughs> like, yeah, what, what does, how would you answer that? Or what, what, what does the scripture say? And like, how would you answer that to someone?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a contradiction because first John four, eight, um, the classic passage, it states, God is love. And then we see in John three sixteen, he loves the world. Therefore he sent his only son. He loves the whole world. Um, and then we see in second Peter three nine, he does not wish anyone to perish. And then 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4, he desires all to be saved. So we have on one hand, God loving everyone, loving the world and wishing all to be saved, none to perish. But at the same time, Scripture also confirms that um, God is working all things according to the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1:11. God is sovereign over everything and he does everything that he wants to do. Like there's nothing that can thwart um, what he wants to do. Nothing can thwart his purposes. And so why if he desires none to be or none to perish, why are so people perishing? Why are so people going to hell if it, the Bible says that God loves everyone and desires all to be saved? That seems like a contradiction. Um, but the way to answer that is there's actually two wills to God. There's a moral will and his sovereign will. His moral will can be seen in scripture and things like um, the Ten Commandments. God um, says, you shall have no other gods before me. That's his desire. But of course, the whole world um, is loving other things more than they love God. So does that mean God is not sovereign? No, that means that God is allowing things to happen that are against his moral will. He's allowing people to go to hell, even though he desires... Um, none to perish because um, people still sin. People still are held accountable to their sin and they're not coming to Christ in faith and repentance. He still allows that to happen and uses it for his glory. And he does all of that according to his will. And so we see that love and justice are not a contradiction. We see that he uses justice for his glory and those who are in Christ, we get to experience his love and we get to experience it for the rest of eternity. And so that's why we're begging you. If you have never put your faith in Christ, please, please do that. So you can experience God's love in eternity in paradise instead of God's justice. Um, that's just, if you think about eternity and hell, you will just be scared to your bones, you're going to start having nightmares. That's, one of the things that led me to the gospel was thinking about how awful hell would be. Um, Obviously Dylan doesn't want that for anybody. God doesn't want that for anybody. So he's pleading with you, please come to Christ. Um, And so as we wrap up, we see that this question, why doesn't God save everyone? That sounds like a question of doubt, but really when we think about the four points that we just listed, it should flip over from doubt into worship because we see that God isn't obligated to save anyone. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that he even says one person, as uh, Dylan said earlier, Um, we should ask why does God save us instead of why doesn't he save everyone? We see that love and justice are not contradictory. He's we see that He is actually more glorified because we get to experience grace in the, in the fact that there is a physical, a real hell. And then also, People choose what they want and God gives them that choice. And so anyone in hell isn't going to be there that doesn't deserve it. Anyone in hell, all the people that end up in hell are there because they chose their sin over God. Um, And so we just see a good God. We see a God that is love and we see a God that is justice. And we're just begging you, please experience God's love over his justice for eternity.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, I, we definitely I agree. And, and, and those points are definitely helpful in, in thinking through this idea and thinking through this topic. Um, and the call is, isn't, is not to like, Oh, well whoever, like w- the call for us as Christians is to go and share the gospel with everybody. Cause we, we don't know, uh, whether or not people are going to be set who's saved who's not and, and whatnot. So our call is to go out um, and and whatnot, but God isn't God. The the death of Christ and and it wasn't to it's it's not a universalist idea of like God saved everyone uh, because then you're just you're you're nullifying the cross in a sense and and, and the idea that Christ had to go on the cross uh, and, and die. Uh, but yeah, I think to just wrap it up, I think that was a, that was a good point. Uh, those were four really good points on just thinking through the idea of of god and why he doesn't save everybody and i think these are good um beginning questions we'd love to hear uh follow-up questions things from y'all on on things that we might have said that maybe you don't understand may it may not have been what you think make you uncomfortable make you uncomfortable like we want to hear that uh especially if you think like we might be in error <laughs> like because mm-hmm. like we said in the opening podcast like what we say is not like the end-all be-all like we are learning and growing as well uh and we want if we need to be corrected like we want to be corrected uh so we definitely welcome feedback and and what you guys think um i will say this uh we're as we're working towards our next series and stuff um what's helped us is that we actually got to have conversation with um someone that i had not talked to in years uh who asked me a question that wasn't even applying to this problem of evil series but we were able to um take that question and and talk and have actually a good constructive conversation who she doesn't share the same views uh on scripture and different things and we're able to have a good conversation about it and it's leading us to to maybe our next series uh to answer these kind of questions uh but definitely ask questions definitely share this podcast Um, with other people. Uh, Follow us, like us, share uh, new episodes, different things, not for us to be like, like exalted or whatever. But these are questions that a lot of people, whether they admit it to or not, believer or not, have these kinds of questions. Uh, And we want to be a resource uh, for that. So definitely um, follow us, but also uh, have help uh, answer these questions with other people.
0: But if you don't have anything else, Um, Well, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.